216. I am your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hello. There's Phil. Uh, in this episode, we are talking about the new movie from Marvel Studios, Black Widow, starring Scarlett Johansson and a bunch of other people. Before we get into that all, though, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and do try to leave a rating or even a review. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at 3 Drinks in Pod. You can like us on Facebook, and compliments, com- comments, and sponsor offers can be sent to 3 Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our merch store on T Public. The link for that you can find in the description of this episode. All right. Well, Marvel movies are back, everybody. They're back. <laughs> What was the one before this one? Was it Spider-Man Far From Home? Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah. Feels like a billion years ago. That seems like so long ago. Tom Holland is now applied for Social Security. Except he's British. I don't know know what they have there. But he's he's old. He's old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, this one just kept getting pushed and pushed. Yeah. It was... I get when it. was it <laughs> supposed to come? Like I it was so I know that chronologically speaking, this takes place after Civil War and before Infinity War. But when were they supposed to actually release it? Do you know? Sometime last year. Okay, so it it, it was it was set to function as a flashback. Yeah, it was always going to be a flashback. Yeah. Okay. So, interesting idea. So, um, right. What did we think of (laughs) Black Widow? Uh, You want to give a quick synopsis for those who didn't care to watch it but want to hear what we think of it, which is maybe one (laughs) person on the face of the planet? And even them, they're probably on drugs. (laughs) (laughs) I can't um, find the remote. Yeah. <laughs> Black, Black Widow is all about Scarlett Johansson's character. Um, right after the events of Civil War, when she's on the run from the U.S. government for helping Captain America. And um, she ends up getting caught up with the, uh, her old family, quote unquote family. They were all Russian spies that were spying on the U.S. in the 80s. And she ends up getting involved with them and using their help to take down the spy master who runs the secret cabal of female super soldier spies that he mind controls. And um, this is like a little side adventure she has while she's like on the run and now on the run from secret assassins. And then it sort of ends with, you know, her death because (laughs) she died at the end of the the end game film. So, um, it's an odd little detour. Um, yeah. I, I guess set up specifically to have Florence Pugh uh, take over her role as super spy in the films going forward. Right. <laughs> A cynical move if I've ever seen one. <laughs> it's almost as bad as the, the lady in um, the Scarlet Witch TV show. Who just uh, 
you know gets pulled into it like a, like a side room at the end. And oh, by the way, this lady's a green alien, and you you get to go on a fun space romp now. Well, at least there was like, oh, are you talking about the, like the black woman in that yeah. film? Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was the worst. <laughs> it's just like, and you have superpowers too, but just you, no one else. It's like what? Well, that show really wasn't very good. It didn't stick the landing. It was good, and it was clever, and yeah, it was gimmicky, but like, it was kind of weird, and you know, it. it, it but it it ended in in a non weird, very you know, Disney Marvel kind of way, and it kind of reminds me of this movie in some in some respects. Um, but what did you think of um, Black Widow? Uh, I don't know. You know, it was so inconsequential. I can barely remember it. I watched it I last week. <laughs> I watched it like maybe two days ago. I'm like, wait, what happened? Yeah, I was like, there a was of, a thing. Hard time with it. With the guy from Stranger Things, and then Harvey Weinstein has a has like a sky castle, and yeah. I think it really suffered from the fact that it came out when it did. And I don't even mean like on TV or, or whatever, like, you know, for one thing, like as an audience, we've seen this character go through a lot and die. She sacrificed her life to save half the universe. Pretty good. Good way to go out. Yeah. Okay. And so like watching her on this like little side mission, it seems so anticlimactic and a little bit empty because I mean, I know she's going to get out of it, but like, I already know what the stakes are. Like you always know the hero is going to get out of the story, but what are the stakes for this character? It, it, I know nothing's going to change for her because I've seen the movies that ha- that come before that deal with it chronologically later. And like, it doesn't come up, you know, she doesn't mention this mission to anybody in the other films. So she kind of becomes this like side character in her own movie. So it was hard to care. I actually wish she'd become a side character in this movie, but that's actually not what happened. But it feels like that for that reason. Like you, there's no emotional like resonance with her because you're never at all afraid for her. Like that's you're right. Like it's a difficult thing to pull off time and time again. To set up your, you know, your heroes and villains, and you all know that in order for this to be satisfying, the hero has to win and the villain has to lose. But you know, there, there's believing that, and then there's knowing that, and that's two very different things. We believe the hero will will get out of it alive, and every and every now and again, I have like a little twinge of maybe they don't. You know, and as long as you can tickle that little part of the brain as you're going through, you're going to keep the audience engaged. But when you know full well <laughs> that nothing happens to this person, then the, you know that that the whole the whole thing kind of seems shallow and, and empty, and it's less interesting. And so the focus would no- naturally then shift to F- Florence Pugh's character. But there's never enough of her. Like she's kind of the most interesting person. Like her, her and David Arbor, like I think, play the the two best characters in the, in the movie. And they're, you know, 
there are some scenes with them that are nice and sort of emotionally heavy. And the guys from Red Letter Media said, like, this is the clearest example of a movie where it was like, we did all the previs for all the um, action sequences. We're going to do a lot of, like, you know, um, the B-team shooting. And then you just, you know, come in to, 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 to direct the quiet the quiet, intimate scenes, and we'll just, you know, have the, uh, or not B team, second unit, I mean, go out and film all the, you know, the crazy action things that we all, we all, that we, that we need to have in the movie, and we'll just take care of that ourselves. Like, there's, it's not quite schizophrenic, but it's close to it, where it's like small, tight, sort of intimate father-daughter scenes with not Black Widow, with the other girl, and then explosions with, with, with Black Widow, and falling out of the sky, and, Never getting hurt, ever, but having some tough bruises and stuff like that. So, like, if she had been the side character in the movie, that would have been okay. You have to think of a new name for it, but, like, The Red Room is, isn't a bad name for a movie. Um, But, yeah, no, this was not... This wasn't good. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good either. I... I don't know. I, I think it was not, I don't want to say terrible. It made less sense than Thor The Dark World, which everyone craps on. So <laughs> I'm going to pull out my other hat here and defend that film. <laughs> as silly and goofy and pointless as it was, it made more narrative sense than this film did. I didn't understand this film in terms of like, it made so many odd decisions that didn't jar with what I had already seen. You know, like the, I think the one scene that made the most sense was when like the family, the quote, quote family was all together again. And they were in like that farmhouse or whatever. And they're talking about all like, the great times they had, you know, growing up in America. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson was like, what is wrong with you people? We were agents on a mission. That was not a real family. Like we took all the same photos in one day to make it look like we'd been there. You know, we didn't do any of the things we were supposed to do. We didn't celebrate Christmas or go trick or treating. Like you were not my real mother. Like I'm sitting here going, yes, that's true. All of this is correct. And yet we're then going to brush all, all that aside and act like we really cared about each other and everything. Like the way they treat each other later in the film doesn't make, doesn't match with what they were saying and doing earlier. Yeah, none of it really jived, and the other girl was so upset about the fact that she had lost all that, but she's like, well, we didn't really have all that. And it's like, well, like, and I mean, that's sort of like your, your sort of core emotional conflict in the story is that, like, they weren't a real family, but they they didn't have a family. They were all abandoned people or manipulated people, and they were thrown together to function as if they were, you know, a generic Midwestern family. Yeah. And like you have two basic points of view on that. One, we should forget about it because it wasn't real and it wasn't worth her time. Or the the Florence Pugh, I don't know, what was her real name? Tatiana Katerina, some kind of a Russian name. Yelena is her name. Yelena, sure. So Yelena's point of view is like, well, that was as good as it got for me. And I loved it. And like, I really, you know, missed that. And like, that's an interesting thing. And. You know, but the like the I think the biggest problem with the movie is that it has these huge tone issues. 
where they're talking about things that are very serious, things that were treated seriously in previous Marvel movies that are now looked at as like a joke. Like, I've never made a joke about a hysterectomy. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have the guts to do that. Now, now's your chance. <laughs> well, yeah, there it was. You would literally not have the guts to make a hysterectomy <laughs> joke after your hysterectomy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So like there was that and then like how could you also be sad? Like it just she's funny and quippy and that, that that's okay. That's kind of a nice contrast to Scarlett Johansson who's always kind of serious and always kind of a little smoldery. You know, she's constantly giving you the, you know, the uh, the good old Flynn Rider smolder. But um, but then, like, we're joking about these this horrifying torture. These, these like, what are we, like, and and not to mention, I really didn't know why anybody was doing what they were doing very well, or who, why I should care about that very much. Like, it just kind of plotted along from scene to scene, and then there was always beats of action in it, and it was just like, this is not. It wasn't coherent. It wasn't coherent emotionally. It wasn't very coherent, um, you know, structurally either. It wasn't too far off of the beats you have to hit, but it wasn't like moving you along at a pace where you felt that like you were all moving towards something interesting. You know, it was kind of it was either predictable or just confusing, and that's an odd combination of two. Yeah, I, I can't remember because I, I, I mean, I remember at the time, but it's been a week. Why is it she signs up to help them again? Um, like, how does she even get involved with this? She's looking. She happens to have the red stuff that makes them breaks their brainwashing. Right, they mail it to her. So, so Elena mails her the. Now here's where I'm forgetting things. In the beginning of the movie, is Elena free, or she gets freed by the girl she stabs? She gets freed. After she stabs that girl. Right. So she gets freed. She mails the red potion to Scarlett Johansson, even though she's living off the grid in a, like, I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, she, like, mails it to one of the safe houses she's in. Yeah. And that was lucky. <laughs> yeah, how about that? And then she gets dragged in when the taskmaster shows up and starts to beat her up and try to get the thing and then she's that's how she gets sucked into it and she goes back to Budapest yes that's right okay joke joke about that right so yeah that that was her sort of intro okay to it but um yeah you know what it's a sad unfortunate missed opportunity and it happens to deal with Marvel BS is that all the girls are mind controlled so this guy owns a flying sky fortress for no reason other than we need to blow something up. And he trains these women. He like he takes them from cargo containers when they're four or whatever against their will. He trains them to be black widows. He places them around the world. And, he, and they're brainwashed. But that was not the impression that you get when you see Scarlett Johansson's character in these other films. She just happened to be a super spy who has like reformed herself somewhat and tries to like work for America and do the good side instead of Russia. And then you find out here that they're like brainwashed and not, and none of them want to be there. They're all just, you know, mindless zombies. It reminded me of the stuff with shield and Hydra, you know, you couldn't just have 
people who believed in shooting people for security and safety. They had to be secret Nazis, <laughs> you know, like you couldn't just have this opposing point of view. That's a little extreme. And when I see reviews and other people complain like, Oh, mind control, oh, secret zombies and whatever and Nazis, they're looking for that more mature adult, you know, point of view to something that does never ever happens. They always have like a cop out. It was mind control, you know, I guess that's always going to happen when you have a, a cartoon comic book property, but I mean, it's talk about a missed opportunity. It would have been far more interesting. I think if she was like fighting people that she used to know that actually believe in what they're doing, yeah. because then she just throws the magic dust in their face and zap, zaps them out of it. Like, Immediately. Oh, that like was not, easy. Yeah. Like not even a pause. Like, like in, and then they have to sit there and explain how the mind control works. I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah. Just so have like, to believe in something. This whole thing was replete with missed opportunities. And I like, again, the, the guys from related media had a really great intro to the story where she's, you know, really kind of hiding out a fish out of water, like, you know, trying to not be a super hero, you know, and laying low and this, that. And look, they're coming up against a problem, I think, in general. And I, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about like the first Iron Man movie. And one of the things that really made that Iron Man movie great were the terrorists. And I'll explain that. So they were real bad guys that murdered kids. And you didn't see them murder kids, but you know that they murdered kids. And they murdered the guy's family who he meets in the cave. And, like, you know, there's there's a real sense of seriousness to parts of it where it really makes sense for it to be serious and scary. And then there's parts that are funny and light and... You know, like the whole thing with him and Jarvis, just that's like that's a really great movie. It it doesn't have any, you know, it it has changes in tone without having problems with changes of of tone. And they're they're not good at that anymore. It seems like they've they're they're not so that that's that's a very difficult thing to do, and they're really bad at it. And they this is a tough sub, sub, subject matter to deal with. I mean. The, the thing that kind of bothered me was that, like, the opening credits where they were doing all, like, the juxtaposed, you know, Russian versus American imagery. Like, that's just the Americans TV show. Like, that's really, like, that show deals with the really uncomfortable aspects of that kind of work where you're, you know, a deep cover spy and you've got families and kids and there's people getting hurt and you know, lots of sex, you know, like tons of that manipulation and whatnot. That's not, I mean, it's not something you can make a kid's movie about. And they have to take that same basic subject matter and make a kid's movie about it and have all like the very modern sort of political overtones to it. Like, it's not an accident. That guy looked like Harvey Weinstein. It's not an accident. You know, it's, you know, the glasses and the whole bit and the suits and the art deco and that old Hollywood looking office he had there. Like, these were very deliberate choices. So, (sighs) 
they don't seem to be able to take these things that are serious and scary for the adults and kind of drive home that thing. And also make a movie that a 12-year-old can kind of get behind. And a 12-year-old girl at that. Which is why you have this awkward line about the hysterectomy. Like, that's, you know, like, could you imagine taking your kid to this and having them turn to you and go, what's a hysterectomy? No, <laughs> I I would not know what to do with that, and like we just chop it up in little bits. Like, oh my god! Like, make a kids movie if you're gonna make a kids movie, but don't like can't give a fake nod to how horrifying all these organizations and you know current people are about girls. You know, like you can't split the baby all the time, and they're still trying to do that, and like. It's not good. It it ends up being kind of mush and awkward and it's kind of cringe-inducing at times. So, I mean, what are, what 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 am I know, Hasey? Uh, I guess the biggest thing I that I think was like, as far as missed opportunities go too was just that the fact that they used to be good at genre changing too. Like, the movies themselves would be different in, like, you know, Iron Man was an origin story. Captain America had his origin story. But, like, the second Iron Man, or the third one, really, was like a like a study in PTSD. The second Captain America was like a spy movie because it involved Black Widow. Like, they used to be able to take the characters that they had and make different kinds of movies with them and still mash them together for the big old... Civil Wars and Infinity Wars and Endgames, and it didn't. You didn't mind that Ant Man was there, there cracking jokes as Paul Rudd, and Captain America's there looking all serious. Like that didn't bother you at all. This should have been a different kind of genre, but they didn't do that. They made a straight up action movie that looks like a Jason Bourne movie meets James Bond. Then also, if they have a sky castle that falls out of the out of the air. And they're jumping from like one falling object to the next before they land and don't get killed. Like they had, they had an opportunity to make a a movie about espionage and the super spy that she is, and they didn't do that. They made a weird family story, which okay, it's not the worst idea in the world, but it just devolves into an action romp again. And that I I thought that was really a, a mistake, as well as like the fact that they neutered her character and all the different people that she has to fight. Uh, different people as in like who? All the Black Widows. You know, the whole like, oh, you know, yeah. me, you know, not having any sort of interesting conversations, any interesting conflicts that can be resolved through talking and thought. Or at least the attempt at that. But she can't, talk her way out of fighting with the zombie girls because they're zombie girls. She has to give them the magic potion to get them out of it. So she has to fight them until that can happen. You know? Yeah. At least, you know, Robert Redford has a scene where he's, you know, not a long one, but where he's just like, you know, we think we should do it this way because we're, I mean, and then it, it, you find out, that, find out that, that they're all Hydra, but like, you know, there's a way to do these things where it just it just it's harder, and they don't want to do anything hard. I don't know what happened where they crossed the line too, where they uh, 
they would introduce some wacky, ridiculous concept and just shrug like that's totally normal. They've been doing it a lot in a lot of these shows. Like, it was always silly to me that Captain America was the only guy who was a super soldier. You know, 70 years, we couldn't figure out how it worked. Like, really? (laughs) And then all of a sudden, you turn around and, like, there are super soldiers running around absolutely everywhere. They're all over the place. Russia, Russia had one. This guy was a super soldier. How come nobody ever heard about him before? Why was he locked up in a gulag? Well, that you know? that was actually funny to me. That he gets put in the gulag because he has nothing else to do and the, and the other guy wants to bury him. But he'd rather be there. Like, that was the thing that that, that was funny to me was that he, you know, when, when the Soviet Union falls, which, by the way, we'll get to the whole political, you know, unfortunate timeline issue to deal with here. But, like, you know, I think that the joke there is he doesn't want to go back to work in Russia because it's, 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 it's not the Russia that he knows. And the other guy's mad at him, so he just puts him in jail. But it's more fun for him to sit there and arm wrestle guys for fun and tell stories about you know to people who are really interested in hearing what he has to say like that's it's you know he's you know he's like the brooks um from from Shawshank where he wants to go back cuz that's where he feels important yeah i just it, it seemed odd though that like why would he be in jail like wouldn't he be doing anything else like you're well, a super soldier the, yeah i mean just the the, the concept and the, like then we have mind control and, and all sorts of other odd things. And there's like a, a throwaway line like, well, we had the Winter Soldier, but we we're trying to perfect that idea. And I was like, yeah, but that was rare too, wasn't it? Like there was only a couple of those guys and, and most of them were nuts. Like it didn't work exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like if you built a giant robot in one movie and the next thing you know, there were just giant robots all over the place in every movie. I mean, they they did a whole thing where, I mean, it's a while ago now. In the second Iron Man, the whole idea was that we can't let people run around with this stuff, not even Tony Stark, because what happens if the bad guys get it? And he was like, no, that'll never happen. Well, it's what happened. Next thing you know, everybody was running around with an iron suit on. And like that was supposed to be a a world-changing thing, whereas in this movie, it's like, yeah, we got mind control, no big deal. Just spray them with this magic stuff. It makes it go away. Yeah, I was like, we're awfully casual about this stuff now, aren't we? <laughs> I mean that that kind of comes from. I mean, looking at everything that's going on, you you built so many superheroes into one thing. You know. You know they. They had a good thing going when they began because the audience and the world. You know, and the well, the, the the audience of the world, the people watching it in the movies, could be as awed and transfixed by the development of this as you, you know, as they as they were. We could all kind of share in that, and it was exciting and whatnot. But after a while, you know, once you bring up you know Wakanda and all the crazy shit that they have, and like, you know, there's this is the worst of it. Because it's just like, oh, by the way, there's this, you know, guy who has a thing in the sky and the and the mind control and the iPad and the whole like, yeah, it's the laziest of the bunch, but it's kind of following a trend where it's just like we, 
need to create a story and we're just going to do that. And none of it has any implications before or after it happened. It's sort of an isolated incident. And we shouldn't have to worry about this mind control potion ever again. What's the thing? Like the other films, not, and that was the one thing I always thought was unfair when people would watch uh, Endgame and everything. And they were like, we're, we're not dealing with the consequences of this. Well, we have been. I mean, the movie was already three hours. We don't have time for all of that. But like in all these other films, the world would deal with these things slowly or at least painfully. I mean, mm. after the second Avengers, there was the whole thing. We have to rein in the Avengers. They can't run around like Mavericks and do whatever they want. You know, a man's making iron suits that shoot laser beams. We need to figure this out, you know. And like, so there was always this kind of consequence to, to these things. Whereas now it's like, yeah, we got super soldiers running around all, all all over the place. It's fine. I mean, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was all about that, sort of. <laughs> you know? About it that what? I, I didn't see it. I have no idea. Oh, it was it was that um some guy somewhere had figured out how to recreate the super soldier serum and was just giving it to people who would pay for it. And that's why it becomes a question of whether or not uh, the new Captain America is going to take it, and uh, how do you stop people that have these powers? And I mean, among all the other nonsense that they talked about, they dealt a lot with the whole snap coming back after five years and stuff. There was too much going on in that show. Yeah, you know, but that was part of it. You know, what what does a normal person do against unusually abnormal things? You know. And well, I mean, yeah, there were there were no normal people in this movie. There was no. No, she's but, practically invincible. Yeah, it, you know, it was just it was a very ungrounded, isolated, just crazy romp. That yeah, it wasn't it wasn't all that good. I also thought that the CGI was terrible. Like oh, yeah, it, the, the special effects really just. Some of, some of it was okay. The the thing on the bridge was all right in the beginning when they were blowing up the car. But then there was like that awful scene when like so like I guess the the only person who you really worry about dying is the sister. And so there there can be some. Um, I actually thought they were going to kill her too, and that would have been like well that would have been really kind of a thing and. Then there was that moment where she gets on top of the jet and she's going to use her fancy stick to break the thing. And do you remember how bad it looked when that thing exploded? Yeah. It looked so weird. She stands on top of like a jet engine pointing down, you know, providing upward thrust. And she's like, I'm going to stick my stick in here and blow up the whole thing and kill the guy that we've been trying to kill for this entire movie. And she's like, no, don't do it. And they're, like, they're yelling and they can hear each other over like three That's football fields good. and a jet engine. And like, there's no fucking way. This is so dumb. And she sticks the thing in there and it blows up. And like, she like does a, like a swan dive backwards. <laughs> and the color was off. Like, it's a ball of fire. And yet she's like, her white suit stands out in the blue sky. I'm like, the ball of fire doesn't have any sort of like light giving properties that like, would like, reflect off your white suit. 
What I mean, the hell? It's not even covered in like dirt. <laughs> no, it was just like it was just so stupid. And it looked dumb. And like once I saw how bad that was, like, oh no, they didn't kill her. She's doing a swan dive. No one dies doing a swan dive. Well, then once she jumped off the thing after her, and that's when I was like, I was zoning out. Oh yes, because a person can't just free fall like that. Without blinking, at least. Like, the wind is in your face. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's clearly, she, I mean, obviously she wasn't doing that, but it, it didn't even look realistic. I, I, I kind of wanted to enjoy that final fight where they were fighting as the debris was falling. I thought she was just a, a normal person. That See, that's the thing. Like, so the the movie also suffers from the fact that Scarlett Johansson's like 30 years old or whatever it is. She's not that old so the whole thing takes it's it's it starts it starts off in 1994 well, free-falling we're, we're done with that <laughs> no it's it saying she's gotten a superpower she's just a, a normal person right her most interesting thing was that she isn't the person that can free fall from 35,000 feet and like uh, air surf I'd- down on all these giant pieces of like flaming debris and then land no problem and beat the crap out of somebody like that's not her thing <laughs> like there's other stuff she can do that's more interesting than that do that you know or have her in the background as like the red guardian runs around and does all those things cuz i kind of wanted more david arbor in this you know, that's a yeah. F- he he was really neutered in those last few scenes. Like he wasn't yeah, he doing anything. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything most of the movie. He wasn't capable or interesting. He was just, you know, like he he had the opening scene, which was pretty good. Where he's like hanging out under the wing of the plane and shooting at all the cops. But um, yeah, anyway, but like at the beginning of the story in in in, in ninety four, the Soviet Union's a disaster. So like. They had to build back their ridiculous, you know, defense and espionage capabilities over like thirty-five years. Really, now is when they've, you know, so yeah, there, you know, there were lots of KGB holdouts, but they were poor. They didn't have any money. Country, the country literally fell apart. It was so broke, and so, you no, know, it, the story of a person who gets pulled into the KGB and trained to be like the best assassin or whatever ever and how they get religion and go to go make amends for the next whatever years that's a great thing and it you can give her sort of supernatural abilities to an extent you know like the Americans is kind of like that too they they it's, it's a more it's a, certainly a, a gritty and, and realistic show but they all they also give the those characters just the unbelievable iron will to do all these crazy things and they always make it out like they never like they have problems but they, 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 they're they it's just bordering on like hmm would that really have worked out like that um yeah well it, it, i mean it's supposed to be fake it's obviously a fantasy so you expect them not to survive but like they all have certain levels of skill and yeah they they futz with it sometimes but when your characters are supposed to be human you know they're not invincible yeah. i always really liked that scene in the original avengers when the hulk shows up at the end of the new york and he punches that 
giant alien thing in the face. And the alien goes flying over and Iron Man blows it up and it explodes. And they all react differently to that. So like, I'm like, Iron Man's hiding in the sky and um, Captain America grabs his shield and he protects Scarlett Johansson with his shield. And Thor just stands there with his arm up because he's Thor, a god of thunder. And Hawkeye ducks behind a car because he's a human being who can't withstand fireballs. <laughs> you know? And, like, it's subtle, but that's important. So, like, how can Hawkeye hit absolutely everything with perfect accuracy? I don't know. That's his one thing. That's his gimmick. Okay? But he's still a human being who gets hit by bullets and things like that. Like, he's not invincible in any way. So, when she can do backflips and hit people with sticks and whatever. Okay. But she can't free fall and like jump off of falling debris. Like she's Iron Man, you know, like she can't fly. No. So when she hits like seven things on the way down and it's supposed to quote unquote, break her fall, it's actually breaking her bones. And like my brain cannot process that. I'm like, she should be dead that, or at least liquefied. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least liquefied. You know, like that's just that's just not what happens. So, yeah, you get one thing. Hawkeye gets one thing, and then he, you know, he gets help for other other things, and he gets lucky. But like, right. she's got a few things. Her, do you know more about the the comic book version of her? Like, there were things about her ability to psychologically manipulate people to do things, as well as the whole like super kick ass stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, there was the whole aspect of being a spy, which is, you know, playing sides and manipulating people. That's part of it. Yeah. She she doesn't really do that in these because these are action movies. You know, there's no there's no room for those sorts of scenes, especially here. Yeah. I mean, you know, in Winter Soldier, there was more of it and, you know, there was ways in which the two of them could kind of run around and do do so quietly um this just just didn't have any breathing room for that whatsoever so yeah well it had to be an action movie and that seems to be the thing it just said here we want you like they went out and found a director who had directed other sort of like embattered women type stories some of them German or all of them German. And um they just kind of put her on it, but like that's that's not the kind of movie this person's ever like she's never, it's not an action movie director. It, you know, once I, you know, re- read that this is who they got to direct it. This is what her resume is. You know, small dramas about women who are overcoming some kind of situation. Never anything to this scale, or even this this you know this this subject matter. I wasn't there. I don't know how much this person directed, but it just seemed like this was something made by committee. You know, there was the action committee. You know, the vehicle committee. We have to have a scene where 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 things are blowing up. A scene where they're driving. A scene where they're talking quietly about their families, and a scene where they're you know punching some some guy in the face, like. It was all kind of assembled by Goofy and Donald and Mickey Mouse and the whole thing, and that's really who's driving the bus here. And I guess 
you can get John Favreau to, to do some of them, and he's going to have more than put them most. And you know, the the the, the Russo brothers seem to have you know a, a large say in what goes on. But for these smaller pictures, they're just going to get whomever, and they there's the political thing. They want to make a you know a movie about a woman by a woman for women. It this you know it doesn't matter. You know who else is involved, but like it's it's like a PR move, and that complicates things and doesn't. Can't imagine it making it better. So, has there been a like a like like after Captain Marvel and 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 Wonder Woman, there was always like a. You know, girls run the world type, PR campaign. There hasn't been anything like that for this, has there? Uh, like for Marvel movies, like. Yeah, well, like, that was, like, the whole, like, on Twitter. There wasn't, like, you know, like, Captain Marvel was a crap movie. And, and people came out to, to to defend it because they were saying people didn't like it because it was about a woman. Okay, fine. And then Wonder Woman was good. And they were like, see, look, we can make you know, movies about women that are, you know, just as good as, as Batman and Superman. And I, I just didn't know if there was a similar nonsense conversation happening on Twitter about Black Widow and cuz it's not getting great reviews it's done pretty well they they did they did they did release um uh, some uh, some numbers about how many household how, how many accounts had purchased the um premiere option from Disney Plus to uh, uh to watch it um at home yeah, uh, there wasn't really any chatter about it being, you know, a woman-directed, woman-led movie. I, I think people are kind of done doing that because there's been a few now. I think the numbers were reported as good, and then they dropped off a lot because the movie's not that good. Um, you're all, you know, it also gets pirated really easily because they, they put it on Disney+. Plus. So you just wait a day, someone will put it on the internet for you, and you can just download it for free. That's going to become a thing more than it used to. I think they're going to stop doing it now. I I think there's only one more Disney Plus film coming out on the premiere, and then they're like, all right, just go to the theaters because this is stupid. (laughs) These movies cost millions and millions, and we're not making nearly as much as we need. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm also hearing things that, you know, they... It's not doing great at the box office because people who are inclined to go to the theater to see it are going in that first couple of days, and then that's it. People get a, a whiff of what it's like, and they go, "Oh, is it good? That's not so good. That's okay. It's not, you know." So, and because now in some people's minds, and we can have a different conversation on a different day as to how much this is appropriate but like in some in some people's minds it's not just about spending the money in the theater or the inconvenience of having to leave your house it's the possible danger of going to a theater that never used to be part of the calculation as to whether or not I was going to bother to see a movie in the theater is you know am I going to get you know a disease by going to the movies and so you know, there's there's talk of them, you know, like, look, Disney's like 60% of the American box office. And they ask for, like, about that much money on the on the dollar 
you know, from the um <clears throat> from the exhibitioners. And so if they start to demand more of it from them, then, you know, the theater owners will pay it, but they won't be able to maintain their theater if they're giving 75% of their money to Walt Disney. It just doesn't compute. And so here, here you have a dying industry in the movie theater business, and you have people pirating these movies because they're available on the internet. You know, a movie that would normally net you in the course of its run, three quarters of a billion dollars, which this might have done, maybe half a billion, you know, long term if it's in the theaters for a couple of months. You know, 60 million bucks is what they said they got from this, from the the online order. So either that gets more expensive or the movies get different. I don't know. But like, unless you go back to the movies and everyone starts really, you know, doing that, you know, it'll be a long time before these things recover. And in, in, in the meantime, how does that reshape the kind of movies that, that they're making? Are they going to be able to, you know, start making more movies that cost $10 million, not, you know, $290 million? Like, what? how does this whole thing change if you can't afford to make expensive movies anymore? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Some, I don't know either. I think some of it too is that it is a Marvel movie. One, it's not very good, and I I think a couple of things. I mean, you're, I think they're spreading themselves too thin. They're doing what I really wish they wouldn't do. You know, they made a bunch of shows for their television station, Disney Plus, and they're important. You you really should watch them if you want to follow what's going along. And I really didn't want them to do that because it takes a lot of time. You know, like these shows came out in the spring and the summer, so I'm free. I have the time to watch them. I work I work in the fall. Once that stuff starts up again, I'm not going to sit down and watch these shows again to keep up. Now you're asking me to keep up with a lot of material. You know, like I used to just watch a couple movies a year. Now I got to watch five movies and three television series and the cartoons are coming. Like, it's too much. You know, you're, it's too much to watch in terms of time, and there's a lot of content to remember. You know, who's the villain here? <laughs> we were watching Loki with my wife, and she's not paying attention. She's only watching it as she walks in and out of the room. And she looks over and she goes, is Loki the bad guy in this show? And all I could do was, it's complicated. <laughs> like, which is not the answer you want the casual movie viewer to have to to get you know like if you're the casual person and you watched him die in the last movie and all of a sudden now he's back and he's like basically another character but you didn't watch the eight hour tv show you're not gonna watch it it's confusing i also think they're having trouble because when they first started this whole thing you know they had an origin movie for every character and then they had a team-up movie and then they kind of built along with that you know they introduced new characters and some characters got sequels but now you've sort of wiped a bunch of them out you know tony stark's not coming back captain america's a different guy now it's hard to build that momentum up again who am i supposed to latch on to a prequel movie i'm not going to get that invested everyone's like oh it's set up for the next doctor strange I'm like well 
that's for like two more years. So my enthusiasm level is kind of low, not to mention he wasn't that big of a character to begin with, you know? So it, and then yes, any real world scenarios, like, you know, the deadly plague that's swept in the world <laughs> on the way out, which is nice, but yeah, there's that too. Here. I mean, you know, this came out, let's say it was, was it $30 for the premier access? Yeah. Let's say I have no friends. I'm not paying $30 to watch a movie. You know, I don't care how good it is. I can screen share with a friend or join. They have like what they call watch parties. Mm. You know, you can do that. So, Wait, so how does that work? You, you don't, you don't have to buy it, but your friend can buy it. And you can all watch it together. I, I don't know if that works for the premiere access ones, but I know it works yeah. for other, other shows. My probably friends and not. I have been watching these. Yeah, probably not. But like, yeah. you know, one account can have five different names under it. So oh, people sure. are sharing it that way, you know. That's how I did it. I like I, I watched it because we got it, you know, surreptitiously. And then when I <laughs> when I got tired of watching it on my computer, I just borrowed my my father in law's password and watched it on on his account because he bought it. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's a it's a giant Whole and uh, you know I'm pretty sure they're gonna find a way to make it more difficult to do that, or just make it more expensive. But that 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 has its own. I mean, making it more difficult is harder, but it, it isn't gonna piss off too many people. Making it more expensive is gonna make people really annoyed. So well, sure. You, Remember when you paid for pay Mulan? Fifty bucks. Remember when you paid oh, for Mulan yeah. and it was awful? Oh. You know, people aren't gonna do that twice. <laughs> I haven't done it since. No, I literally haven't. Like, I mean, you know what? I'll just wait because nothing is that pressing. Like the only movie I could think of that I am excited to see is the next James Bond movie because it's a James Bond movie. And if you've been paying attention, we like James Bond movies. But that's they're not always 100 percent either. (laughs) You know, but if you told me you could watch it in October for 30 bucks or for free in November, I'm like, you know what? I'm sure I have something else I should be doing in the whole of October. You know, especially if the reviews are middling, and yeah, you know, so so I don't know what they're gonna do. What'd you think of um, Julia Louis Dreyfus? Yeah, did you so, recognize her? Because it took me a minute. I mean, is that? Oh it, yeah, you, you've never watched Veep, have you? I have, but she's had some work done since Veep. She basically looks like the mannequin in that Seinfeld episode. <laughs> when it's supposed to look just like her, she looks like that now. Yeah, she, you know, yeah. What'd you think of that? Um, you know, whatever. She, she was in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and this, so this was supposed to be her first time in the MCU, as they call it, and it was supposed to be this kind of like, ooh, who's she playing? But the movie got delayed. So her second appearance in winter soldier ended up becoming her first where she tells you who she is. And she's playing a character that like first she was a Russian, then she was Hydra. Then she was shield. She's always double crossing people. She leads her own team of super freaks and weirdos. So like she always puts together like an anti Avengers team. So that seems to be what they're setting up. So she recruits this girl, Yelena, and she's recruited 
like the the Captain America that didn't work out from that show. So like the Captain America that didn't work out. Yeah, like the the blonde haired, blue eyed guy that like they turned on. So he'll be like on her team now too. And I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, I don't know what the point of that is, but a lot of setup, but there's no hints about where it's going. I'm I'm also I'm not sure that she's particularly well cast in that type of role. She's basically playing the character from Meep. Right. Well, she That's was good point. in Veep. But she was good in Veep. I'm not saying she was bad in Veep. I'm saying that character doesn't belong here. That's an uh, it's like it's like Robert Redford. I thought was was miscast as like the head of of uh, of Shield. I thought that was a mistake. You know, it just looked stupid because he just stand, like you know, there's just a few guys that stand out, and sometimes you want them to stand out, and sometimes you don't. William Hurt perfectly cast because he's just oh, he's, he's that he's yeah, the guy who's chasing her, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's really good. <laughs> he's great, and you know, he's not any better of an actor than Robert Redford is. You know, Redford's a great actor, but like. He's charming. That's the only reason that we like him. Like, he's just charming in everything he does. He's just he's great. But yeah, I mean, some people just stand, they stand out too much. I yeah. always thought that Colby Smolders was was miscast, but I think that's only because I knew her from that show. Yeah, we well, yeah, we we knew her in a very different role in a sitcom for for ten years. Yeah, and here she is playing like a tight lipped. Cat suit wearing, you know. Yeah, like she's also a spy soldier character, and I'm just yeah. like, I could not take her seriously in that role. Kind of undefined too. I don't like those. So like, that's the thing about these. Like Nick Fury too. Also is like, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll kind of give Jackson a pass because it's Samuel Jackson, but like he also is kind of oddly cast in this. In that like. You know, the ultimate spy master is James Earl Jones from Clear and Present Danger and Patriot Games, like that kind of a Tom Clancy character. They're not also, you know, action stars. Spies are not action stars. It's not the same thing. You get, like, James Bond is the only thing, and, you know... That's such its own special formulaic thing. It's been around for four hundred years that it kind of gets a pass. But like when they try to mix someone who's who's supposed to be like kind of like cool and suave and you know with also somebody who can kick ass, it doesn't always go very well. And so you end up with just bizarre choices and I don't know. Well, it's it's the James Bond spy versus like. Um, the Gary Oldman spy when he was in that film where he was literally a spy. Tinker, um, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. Was it that one? Something like that. Yeah, I never got through that movie. We were so yeah. freaking boring. Well, spy work is to. boring. <laughs> it's extremely boring. And like, I think the Americans does a great, you know, keep keep bringing up, up that show, does a great job of doing, of kind of throwing that, that needle as well. But like a lot of it's like, they don't shy, shy, shy away from how boring and routine most of that stuff is you know they make that show a little bit sexier but you know it's this is not exciting stuff here it's mostly pretty dull anyway but 
I don't know. I like Julia Louis-Dreyfus as a comedian. I think she's really one of the best that there is. And like her and Amy Sedaris and a few others are just unbelievable. But this is not the kind of role that... Like, who was the woman? It was CCH Pounder. Played in Justice League. The, uh, the head of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who you want in this you know like angela bassett or like who was the woman in like suicide squad yeah uh, what's her name it's gonna drive me crazy she was okay yeah but someone like that somebody with serious gravitas with you know a demeanor that's not goofy and jokey and like they're trying to play her off as like creepy because she's like sort of off kilter, but that's not what I'm getting. And it was only a three-minute cutscene at the end, but like I don't know. Yeah, like I wonder if it's just it's too early. Oh, Viola Davis, that's right. Thank you. Like I wonder if it's just it's too early to tell because I don't know what's going. I don't know what they're doing, and like I don't know enough about the comic book history of those characters to to know what they're going to do ahead of time. I also didn't understand. If she's like. Don't you want to kill Hawkeye? I'm like, but Hawkeye tried to save her. <laughs> well, to be fair, no, no, nobody was there at the edge of that precipice in the middle of you know nowhere. Or, or uh, yeah, like the Dominion of Death at the middle of celestial galaxy. I mean, but wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't he tell everybody what happened? Because <laughs> that that's the plot point in the film when Thanos goes and he throws the girl over the cliff and gets the Soul Stone. They just assume that he murdered her. They don't know why or for what reason. You know, like he went there. They didn't come back with her. He came back with a stone. And so when they show up, they're like, oh, one of us has to jump off this cliff. <laughs> they kind of look at each other like, ooh, I didn't know that. Did you? So, like, they try to stop one another. So in this film, she's like, don't you want to get him? I'm like, no, he's a good guy. <laughs> That's a good scene. That's a good movie. <laughs> it was a good movie. What did you think of the Taskmaster? Um, that was the most boring what character. Wasn't even like, <laughs> no people were upset about this that this is supposed to be a bigger character or not. Like it's a, it's the big reveal that this is his daughter. That's not how it is in the cartoon or in the in, in the comic books. I I imagine it's no, it's the Taskmaster, just some guy who has the ability to mimic other people's moves by studying them. And he is like he's usually hired out by people to like study these people to either take someone down like a mercenary or train my mercenaries. So it's not like he's some great character everyone loves, but they they did this with the what do you call him Ben Kingsley? What was it? the Mandarin? You know, I'm going to take this really well known character who has an obvious mo and waste them in this like side gig role like yeah. it could have been an interesting character but it, it, why throw this person in there you know like now you've just wasted you burned a character for some reason yeah I think it was a bigger deal with the Mandarin oh uh, yeah it's a bigger deal with the Mandarin because the Mandarin that was, that was like also the main dumb. villain <laughs> yeah. yeah and he was, was in a lot of that reveal. movie I know I hated that reveal <laughs> I just thought it was stupid 
you know. Ben, and, ben, and Ben Kingsley will do anything, you know. Like these guys uh, play. I mean, he was fine. It just great. He's, he's like drunk, and he's like really in it, like an English soccer hooligan. Like yeah, but you you burn a character in this, and like the gimmick is that she can fight like any of the any of these Avengers and stuff. But like, what's the point of that? Yeah. Like, oh, she fights like Captain America. Well, that's not practical. <laughs> you know, it has no thematic purpose. It's not like, oh, this person fights like my friend that I just gave up my life to help. Like, that doesn't come up. Yeah. So why bother? To sell stuff? I mean, the, there's a the cool helmet. I, I the helmet really was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you that. It was a cool, the outfit looked good. You know, so like the reveal was like it was his daughter. I'm like, so what? Yeah, <laughs> could have been like, anybody under there. I, I was like, ooh, I wonder who that. I have no idea who that is. Like, I just like it was an immediate. Oh, like I yeah, the, yeah, like oh, okay. I, I didn't care before. I care even less now. And like they tried to have some sort of connection. Like the girl was like collateral damage on a mission that the Black Widow was on. But yeah, she deliberately killed her. Yeah, I guess deliberately though. Well, first of all, how, she must have sucked at planting bombs because everyone survived that bomb. Like, yeah, like okay, her face was a little scarred, but she made it. <laughs> <laughs> you had one job, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. This was not good. It wasn't again. Like it wasn't terrible. I. I, I now want to go back and watch Thor The Dark World just to see if this is actually more coherent or less coherent than, than that one is. Because I have nothing. I mean, I haven't seen that movie in like 15 years. But Yeah, it's been a while. It's not good. No. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying, like, I wasn't confused at any point. I just thought it was dumb and I just can't stand Cat Dennings. I'll always remember we we just turned to each other like this sucks right like yeah this sucks. <laughs> so I was watching it like this isn't good. What happened here? And I was like, well, maybe it's me because everyone knows I don't like anything. But <laughs> no, that was bad. Right. Well, if you guys think that we're wrong or have a different idea about Black Widow, then you should let us know. On Instagram or Twitter, um, we are at Three Drinks in Pod. Uh, you can tell us on Facebook. You can email us at Three Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen. Leave ratings and reviews. Check out the merch store at T Public. Anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. Okay, as always, please drink responsibly, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.